Hey everybody, Larry Roberts here, and I wanted to see if I could get you to do me a favor. If you're listening to the show and you enjoy what you hear, head over to iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcasts and subscribe to the show. This guarantees that you get the latest and the greatest content from the Readily Random Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to talking to you very soon. Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You could fly high than I think I sprung something. I think I sprung something. I'm getting way too old for all of that Night at the Roxbury type action. And if you're not familiar with Night at the Roxbury, you're not old enough. So uh, great flick, though. Check it out. I don't know if it holds up or not, to be honest with you. I imagine it does. So give it a try. We'll see what happens. If not, you can blame me. But anyhow, hey, everybody, welcome to another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. As you know, I am your host, Larry Roberts. And today I am joined by someone that has a little something in common with me. Uh, We both attended PodMax. And I've mentioned PodMax before, and it's an excellent opportunity for podcasters to come together and to get to know one another. Also, if you're trying to get your brand out there or your business out there, another perfect opportunity for you guys to join PodMax and take advantage of that awesome opportunity. Now, Lindsay Elmore and I have not actually you know, formally met, even through PodMax, uh, but we were both there. I promise we were. I'm not just making that up. We really were. So Lindsay Elmore is with me today to celebrate the awesomeness that was PodMax and to let you know a little bit about herself. And, you know, she is a wellness expert. And when I say expert, I mean she is an expert. She's a yoga teacher. She's a business coach, uh, social media influencer. I mean, she is everything there is to be in the interwebs, and beyond. So we're going to take an opportunity and get to know her a little bit better. She's doing this really cool thing where she's doing 30 for 30, and that's 30 podcasts in 30 days. I really dig that, and that might be something I need to try to do. I don't know. I'm a little jelly, but let's talk to her more about it right now. So, Lindsay, hello, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm so excited to talk to you, Larry. It's going to be readily and it's going to be random wherever this show goes today. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I love all your Batman figurines. When my uh, (laughs) when my when my assistant wrote to me and said uh, they want to know if you like Batman or Superman, I was like, is that is that even a question like Batman all the way? So I'm glad. I'm glad we see eye to eye on this. I really am. I love it. And yes, that's the question that I have to ask, because if they say Superman, they don't get to come on the show. It's real simple. Mm. I'm just like, nah, you're not for me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Just something, you know, it's kind of an early on icebreaker, you know, so have a good time with it there. But I can hear that there Southern drawl a little bit. Yeah. You a Southern lady? I I was born and raised in Alabama. So I was born in Birmingham, Alabama, um, lived in Dothan for a little bit, came back, went to the University of Alabama, Birmingham, which is where I have my degree in chemistry. And then from there, I decided that I wanted to see the world. I'd always been, I'd always been wide-eyed, always wanted to do something big with my life. And so from there, I moved to San Francisco and I have my doctorate from the University of California, San Francisco. Wow. From there, I went 
back to Alabama, to North Carolina, back to Alabama, to Utah, lived in Salt Lake City. Okay. Then I lived in London, England, and then I lived in New York City. And now, as of two weeks ago, I am back in North Carolina. So I have moved around a little bit, but ultimately my Southern draw does come out, especially, you know, at a late night hour such as these. Yeah, exactly. No, and I, and I dig that. I worked really hard. You know, I'm in Texas. And I was born in and kind of raised in Texas, mostly raised in Texas in my my double digit years, at least. And I worked hard to eliminate the Texas twang from my speech patterns, uh, just in an effort to sound more professional, sound more polished, sound more like a professional speaker should sound. And as I've gotten older, I realized that that draw has a tendency to creep up on me and I don't even know it. Well, it's one of those things. I too worked for a long time. So I started speaker training and presentation training. I always had a knack for just talking. I loved speech contests (laughs) as a kid. And yeah, you just have a knack. You just like to chat. And so I started with voice and diction classes. I started with um, improv classes, did all kinds of tongue twisters to get rid of my Southern accent. But then I, too, as I got older, I decided that the English language needs the word y'all. And (laughs) if y'all don't know about that, then I ain't got time for you. And so, you know, I if I if I'm on a stage and I need to speak appropriately for the audience that I'm talking to. And if I'm saying, hey, I am Lindsay Elmore, I'm Dr. Lindsay Elmore, the pharmacist. I can be that person. But you know, when you kind of get comfortable with people, you just talk like you talk. And that is a blessing to just be like, hey, I'm here. I'm just being who I am. And that I think is the greatest work that we all do is just becoming more and more authentically ourselves as life goes on. And if that includes a Southern drawl, then I got me a Southern drawl. And so be it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Exactly. So let's talk more about the doctor aspect of things. And, you know, one thing that I noticed when I was doing my homework for the show was that you delve into essential oils and some natural medicines. And it's interesting because you, you're a doctor in chemistry. Uh, you're a pharmacist. So you you understand the the difference between, you know, some folks with the essential oil thing might not quite have the credentials to support some of their claims. But the differentiating factor here is, is that you do. And uh, I think that's really wild. And it's really interesting because I'm going through a bit of a transition right now myself. I'm I'm on a ton of pain meds, right? Oh, no. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad. Yeah. I mean, you name it. And some of them, I don't even, you know, I don't know why. But the thing is, is, and my audience knows this, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Uh, I Congratulations. Spent, well, thank you so much. And it's been, uh, we're coming up on seven years, I guess, later on this year. And uh, since then, I have uh, been on a variety of medications that were somewhat mood enhancers and somewhat pain relievers. And and uh, anyways, here we are today, seven years later, and I'm like, dude, I'm fat because that's some of the side effects of the, the medication and ice cream. And uh, <laughs> I still hurt like a son of a gun. You wouldn't know that I'm 48. You'd think I'm 78 the way I move. And, and I mean, it's, it's really bad. So my, it's ironic that we're having this conversation because my wife, she just went ballistic this weekend. She goes, that's it. I'm done. Give me all of your meds. We're going to look at them. I'm going to research them. And then we're going to decide on your treatment plan. 
And I said, well, that's kind of cool, but kind of not because we don't really have the credentials to say. <laughs> so, so it's it's interesting to, to hear you, to have you here uh, and, and be able to discuss maybe some alternatives that I could possibly, you know, start looking into and doing a little bit of homework on as well. I'm not asking for medical advice by any means, just, you know, conversationally. I mean, I think, absolutely. I mean, I think the cool thing that a lot of people don't know about is people have no idea what a pharmacist does. Like stop for a moment and just envision in your mind, what does a pharmacist do? Okay. Most people have this one concept of a pharmacist is the person who stands behind the counter at a chain drugstore and hands me medications and never speaks to me. Well, that unfortunately is not the way that pharmacy should be practiced, in my opinion. And it's never the kind of pharmacy that I have practiced. So what you're basically asking for, Larry, is for me to sit down and do something called a medication therapy management consult. And this is something that a great pharmacist could do. So you and I could totally sit down. I could go through every single one of those medicines. I could tell you what it's for, what the side effects are, what the dosage is, you know, how to know if things are really, really bad and you need to contact your physician straight away. I can tell you all of those things. But in my other life, when I take that like pharmacist hat and I say, how do I look at what is the root cause of everything that is going on? How do we get down to not how do we treat the pain, but how do we identify why the pain is there in the first place? And so for a lot of the, the, the clients that I work with, they're in the same situation you are. They're frustrated that they're into their rope. They don't understand, you know, they're carrying extra pounds, just whatever it is. And it always comes down to basically the same things. It comes down to inflammation, lack of sleep, stress in the life, lack of movement, lack of water. I mean, come on. It's not, it's not that complicated to say, how do I stay healthy? And for most people, that means, you know, great diet, great water, great exercise, great connection with earth, great relationships, great social interactions, all those things. So, you know, I think it's cool that you're at this point in your journey where you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm ready to try something else. Because if you're ready to try something else, don't think about change and health as like this one thing that I've got to do all in this one fell swoop. You know, I'm in the midst of reading Darren Hardy, um, The Compound Effect. And in his book, he describes that success is not changing everything overnight. Success is doing the same mundane thing every single day over and over and over again. So it may not seem like a lot that I spend seven to 15 minutes meditating a day, but it's the accumulation of that that matters. And so you're already on the right path. You've cut out like probably the number one most toxic thing in your life, alcohol, and you've done that for that magical seven years. And so now's the next time. Now's your next step. Like what's your next thing that you want to do? And you know, starting with a little bit of yoga, starting with just a tiny bit of movement can be absolutely life-changing. So, I mean, are you ready for it? Do you want to make this change? Are you like oh, yeah, ready yeah, yeah. to go? I, def I, definitely, I definitely am. And 
I didn't realize that seven years was a magic number. Is that a magic number in, in the recovery space? Is that something not, that they typically not say? Not necessarily in the recovery space, but if you get into like numerology and if you oh, get right, into, right, right, right. you know, just concepts of numbers, there's that, you know, the seven year itch, the seven year. So yeah, you, you've made it that far. So what does year eight have for you? It, hopefully it has a lot less pain. I'll tell you that. No, <laughs> oh, you know, and, 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 and the thing that gets that really triggered me again is I had lost about 40 pounds. So I was down in around, around 270, 275 after losing the weight. Right. And I felt great, man. I was ready to kick some tail again. I was ready to jump back in the ring and trade hands with somebody. It was going to be a good time. That's a, that was a good time back in my heyday. Uh, but <laughs> But uh, with COVID, COVID hit and meant everything just went, and here we are working from the house. Mama's making, you know, cinnamon rolls every morning for <laughs> breakfast. And then we're chilling, watching our housewives at night with a pint of ice cream piece. You know, we're just, we're living life to the fullest under lock and key, right? And before I knew it, man, them 40, they came back with a vengeance, you know. They and will. So they here will. I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on 320, which is just insane. You know, that's insane. And, and here, let me put this in perspective. Eight years ago. I weighed about a buck sixty, and I was a buck sixty my whole life. I'm six foot three, four ish, and I've been 150 to 160 pounds my whole life up until I got sober. And well, then I went. I, I mean, I think they call that addiction transfer. It you is, know, it where is. you where you take one addiction and you just say, "Well, I'm not addicted to that anymore, but now I'm addicted to this." And the so, sugar is delicious. Sugar, sugar is delicious, and it is more addictive than alcohol. Studies would have you would show you right, and so. But you know, I used to also be addicted to sugar, and I did. So I am um, a vegan cook, and I host a cleanse, and I walk people through how do I do this, how do I how do I shift my diet, and it was one of the hardest things I ever did to break the addiction to sugar. But if you go without it like really without it for a sustained period of time and you go without any of the sugar alcohols or any of that, your palate completely changes Mm -hmm. and you know, your, your blood sugar will completely change. And all of those ups and downs of how sugar makes you feel, how you get that sugar rush and then the crash, all of that melts away as well. And you know, so that can add in to the serenity that you feel in your mind and like the five minutes that you spend meditating, you know, it's just, it, it comes down to choices, you know, because your choices determine your habits and then your habits determine your long-term outcomes. It's just, I mean, is it fun to say I'm going to not eat whatever I want to eat? Not necessarily, but are there ways that you can channel that and like make it something beautiful and creative and wonderful Totally. And so, yeah, I'd love to lead you. You ready? You ready? You want to do it? You want to do a cleanse with me, Larry? I double dog dare you. I don't know about a cleanse now. Come, Come on, on now. now. I don't Come know. Now. Yeah. Well, what I, what I, I did this before the COVID thing. I, I, I did a bit of a cleanse and my body would say it was a cleanse. Um, <laughs> it's like, dude, we are clean. Um, but, <laughs> but I changed my diet completely. Right. I went from this, this nonsense garbage diet to um i started for breakfast i would have a huel drink well, i don't know if you're familiar with huel but it's a nutritional product 
Uh, of course, it can be a powder. It can be coming to pre, uh, pre-packaged pre drinks. yeah. Yeah, all that fun stuff. So I, I, I went on the Huel gig there, and that's what I had for breakfast. Then I had a breakfast bar for lunch. Not a, yeah, basically a breakfast bar for lunch as well. Um, or I would have a smoothie. And I was keeping the calories between breakfast and lunch at 400. So 200 okay. a pop is all I would allow myself. Then at night, all I did was raw veggies, raw carrots, not so much, but I'll, I'll broccoli, cauliflower, and then I. Oh have yeah, to, you were serious. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, you were serious. Yeah, yeah, and then two boiled eggs. That's it. That was that was my meal. Every, those were my meals every day, and I put it on lockdown. And yeah, man, I had some troubles at first. You know, it was, there was some issues, but because your body's going, what is this nonsense? <laughs> what and where's are the you good doing? Stuff? Yeah. <laughs> And, and I was why? starving and all that, you know. But anyways, it worked. That's my point is that it worked. And but yeah, my wife, but, she, she, you know, go, it's not go, sustainable. There's the, there's the yeah, but there's the yeah, but oh gosh. My I wife know. said the same. She said Nobody, it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't work. Look at you Nobody now. Nobody wants to eat shakes and raw broccoli oh, for the rest of their lives. It's got to be delicious, you know. Like that's the thing. So yeah, I'm a plant based cook. I'm a vegan cook, but and I'm a I'm a cookbook author and all those things. But the food's got to be tasty. Like, right, right. If you, you know, nobody wants dry lentil loaf. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is disgusting. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But so, but so then, your wife, come, she agreed with me? Oh, yes. Because like I said, this just this weekend started, this, this past weekend and this week has all been discussions on, A, we're going to stabilize your moods, Larry, because your moods are up and down all over the place. And that's because you're in pain. When you're in pain, you're not in a good mood. I mean, it makes sense. And you're but, compounding it with sugar. And then I'm compounding it with sugar. And then I'm compounding it with minimal rest because I can't sleep because it hurts to sleep. And blah, 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 blah. it just, everything just builds on each other. I said, look, here's what we're going to do. I'm ordering the Huel, which I did. Uh, I'm going back to the, 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 either the smoothies or the breakfast bars at lunch. And then I'll eat a sensible dinner with sensible portion sizes. How's that? She goes, have you, stupid. Yeah. Have you thought about doing intermittent fasting? Instead? You know, I hear about that, and and it seems like it could work for a lot of people. I don't know whether or not it would work for me. I don't know enough about it to make an informed decision as to whether or not it's something I'd be willing to pursue. I mean, you could definitely think about it because, for me, it's way more satisfying because 200 calories for breakfast and 200 calories for lunch, you're ready to murder someone by dinner time, <laughs> you know? But, like... I don't know what time you get out of bed, but if you get up and then like wait until like 11 a.m. and just drink water and maybe like green tea, if you're a coffee addict, just have your one cup of coffee in the morning, whatever, but just start your day with just those fluids and then you can eat like all your day's calories between 11 a.m. and maybe 8 p.m., you know, depending on how many hours you want to go on and off, but to me, it's way more satisfying because when you're hungry, kind of in that like lunch to to evening range, because I don't wake up starving anymore. And if I do, I can drink tons of water and it's just like, meh, puts it at bay. So I don't know. To me, that's more satisfying, but <laughs> you could try it even if you started with just like eight hours where you didn't eat if you know so you're asleep for eight hours extend that to 10 and see if right. you can just like go that two hours in the morning and then you get to eat way more calories in in like single sittings and it's so much more satisfying yeah it definitely sounds like a, a route that would be uh something that i'd be interested in pursuing yeah definitely <laughs> 
No, so I, mean, I, I need to look into it a little bit. Yeah, I need to look into that a lot more. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, th- this podcast really wasn't supposed to be about me, but it's it's, it's, it's I'm using <laughs> me as an example to highlight you and your special, uh, you know, your specialties and your area of expertise. And uh, you know, I, I just I thought that was fascinating when I read that, and I was like, wow, this is it's almost like a blessing to have you here today to talk about these types of things. Cause it's what's going on in my life. You know, so it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 So. Well, and it's always good to find healthcare professionals that know how to listen, you know, and it's, right? it's intriguing to me because well, I know there's, it's so sad when you go to the doc these days that you can't find people that you can't find people to listen. And so my, my, I've got a lot of pharmacist colleagues that we're, we're working together and starting to take online appointments just because people like you, like I would love, and people who are your listeners who hear themselves in you. Right. Right. Y- you guys are the people that like are right on the precipice of like feeling amazing. All it takes is just like a couple of things. And all that takes is just motivation to just do it. And and to do it in a way that you can keep it all up. And so, so yeah, I mean, I get excited when I hear people who are like, I'm, I'm on these medications and I'm, I'm ready to, to do something different with my life. That's what, that inspires me. And so, yeah, no worries that we're just chatting about, chatting about you, yeah. Medication Larry, on and your Larry show. And, you know, I love getting free advice on a podcast. That's why I started a podcast. It's like, yeah, hey, I can talk to all these industry experts and get free advice. <laughs> exactly. No, but so, you know, it's kind of cool. Tell us more about being a pharmacist. I, that's something that, that definitely is, I'm interested in as well, because you're right. You know, when you envision a pharmacist, you know, maybe if you think about it back in like the 50s or 60s, you see them, you know, you, you can see them with their beakers and everything and you envision a pharmacist. You know, doing an eye of newt and a lizard tail and coming up with something cool, right? Or BC powder or something. Uh, but nowadays, that's all you see is your pharmacist hands you a bag, or you might see a pharmacist or a pharmacy tech be over there counting pills or something and throwing them in a in a bottle. But what does a pharmacist do? So your pharmacist can do a lot for you. And so before that bag ever gets given to you, your pharmacist has looked at your complete medication list, making sure that there are no drug interactions, making sure that the dose of your medication is not too high, making sure that you're not getting too many days supply of that medication, making sure that your insurance company will pay for that medication, making sure that the indication, like the reason that you're taking it is correct. So you can always ask your pharmacist, hey, can, you know, if you get a new medication, it is like you should ask for advice about that medication because how else do you know what to look out for? How do you know if it's working? How do you know if it's causing you harm? How do you know if you're taking the right amount? Are you sure you understand the instructions that are on the printed page? Of all, you know, when you get a prescription these days, they give you this huge long printout of adverse effects. How do you know which ones of those are, eh, this happens versus like, oh crap, that's happening. (laughs) You know, how do you differentiate those two things? So your pharmacist can help you with that. They can help you understand how to use your medications. They can help you understand how to use your medical devices. So if you have diabetes and you're checking your blood sugar, they can help you know how to use that glucometer correctly. They can teach you how to do injections of 
insulins and antipsychotic medicines and all of these different things, they can help you pick a product from the shelf. So if you're, if you've got a sick kid at home and there's 13 different child syrups for this, that, and the other, how do you know which one is correct? Because your child may just need one medication and the bottle that you pick may have five in there. So a pharmacist can help you with that. I personally am a a more senior level trained pharmacist. So just like physicians do residencies after they graduate from medical school, some pharmacists do as well. So I have um, a residency in general medicine as well as a residency in primary care. So, and I trained in North Carolina, which has one of the most, if not the most progressive pharmacy practice act in the United States. And so I was able to see patients in clinic and I managed those patients' medication. So people that were on blood thinning medicines would come to me and I would say, your dose needs to go up by this amount or down by this amount. And the cool thing about a pharmacist is we take the time because your medications are one thing. What's going on in your life is an entirely other thing. So I helped people from everything from quitting smoking to changing their diets and managing their diabetes and their hypertension, all of these things. And the cool thing about a pharmacist is we really love helping to get people off of medications. And we really love getting people to a point where they're actually living their lives. And so, you know, for your listeners, you may say, wow, I never knew a pharmacist could do any of those things. I encourage you, reach out to your local independent pharmacy. Trust me, right now, they need you probably more than ever. And so if you have a pharmacist that doesn't have time for you, find one who does. And I say the same thing about physicians. If you have a phar- if you have a physician that doesn't have time for you or makes you feel like you're crazy or tells you that, oh, there's nothing you can do. It's just what you have to live with. Trust me, there's a practitioner like me who understands natural medicine, who understands the power of yoga and meditation and clean eating and the sounds that we put into our body and the all the things. There's somebody out there who genuinely wants to help and support you through your journey because that's what we do. It's what gives us life. We love, we love helping people to transform. And so find a good pharmacist because a good pharmacist, especially if you're in the hospital, please, one of the hardest things, I think it's really challenging for people to navigate the healthcare system. It's, oh yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's a mess. And so if you're ever in the hospital, please, please ask if there's a pharmacist on your team. And if there's not, ask for one because every hospital has a pharmacist and hopefully every hospital out there has a, um, a pharmacist that goes and actually sees patients because that's, that's medicine. You know, the hands-on, the human connection is equally the medicine. I have never heard of anything like that in my life. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we're here together talking. You know, Man, I that think- is amazing. I did. I had no idea that pharmacists did that. I've never even heard of a hands-on pharmacist come down and go, "Hey, Larry, how you doing?" You know, I did come across somebody that was pretty cool uh, just a few months back because I had a 
uh, some sort of, and I still fight with it. That's why you just saw me mute the, the cough there because I lost my voice for months, hmm. months, and it was horrid. And in order to combat it, I was given a prescription with some kind of custom antibiotic type medication, right? So I had to go to an apothecary and have oh, them yeah. actually custom mix this uh, this stuff for me, just like the I was talking earlier. And yeah. I didn't even, I never knew there was such a thing. I, you know, I thought apothecary was just an outdated word that you, you never was used anymore. And I went to one and he was real. Well, the more, the more <laughs> common like phrase nowadays, if you wanted to go to the Google machine and ask where you can find your local apothecary, you're going to look for a pharmacy that does compounding is what right. that's called compounding. So you just find a compounding pharmacy and pharmacists can make you all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I haven't practiced in a long time, but even in my day, I mean, we made, I mean, not only can we make you IVs, but we can make you special inhalation suspensions. We can make you creams. We can make you eye drops, ear drops, all the things, you know, pharmacists still have a deft hand at the, the making of medications. Yeah, that was very, very cool. So you've, you've got a, a very firm background in pharmacological practices. What led you away from that to wellness and natural remedies, natural uh, essential oils and that sort of thing? You know, it sounds kind of wacky, but okay, so... I went to I went to the beach and I got sunburn. I go to my local grocery store. I say, do you have anything for sunburn? And they say, yes, we have this product. They give me the product and I'm like, this stuff is life changing. It was <laughs> the best skincare product for sunburn that I'd ever used. So I run out of it. I use it up and I go to my local store. Can't find it anymore. Go online. The cost of the shipping was going to be as much as the cost of the product. And so I was like, you know what? I'm a pharmacist. Chances are I can make this. So I turn the bottle around. I see what's in there. And I see that I can absolutely make this product. One of the ingredients in there was essential oils. And I had seen a friend online and she kept posting on social media about essential oils will change your life. I cannot believe everything that they've done for me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this chick is out of her mind. Like, what is she? Essential oils will change your life. And I was like, I, I own about six essential oils and ain't none of them changed my life. Right, right. So I take a step back and I'm like, well, I still want to make this skin spray. So I reach out to her and I say, can you get me these two essential oils? And she says, yes. And she gets me the oils and I, I'm sitting in my office at the point, at this point, I was an academician. I was assistant professor of pharmacy practice and I'm sitting in my office and I smell these essential oils and I'm like, wow, these are, these are pretty amazing. This is cool. A couple weeks go by, I've made my skin spray and I call her back and I say, Hey, you know, I'd really like to get some lavender, some lemon and some frankincense. And I love the diffuser that you keep posting about. Can I get one of those too? And she was like, well, honey, if you want that, then you should get this, you should get this kit. And so I get this kit of oils and y'all, something came over me. It was like <laughs> nothing I had ever envisioned happening in my life. But I, from the time I opened that kit, I was fearless with essential oils and I was fearless in my pursuit to learn 
everything I could about them. I don't know what came over me, but I was like, I had frankincense on my head. I had the diffuser going with lemon coming out. I'm drinking peppermint essential oil. I am just, I was, I was a madman. And so I started learning about these oils. I teach my first class online about them and it got some people's attention and they were like, wow, you should really, really keep teaching classes. This is amazing what you've done. Happened to get the attention of a chief sales and marketing officer at a billion dollar essential oil company. I go to work for them. From there, I travel the world to more than 40 countries teaching about essential oils and supplements. I'm a published author about essential oils. And from there, I was like, okay, well, what do I do next? You know, I've done this essential oil thing, but I want to be... I want to be Lindsay. Like, where does like the multifaceted version of Lindsay, who is, you know, a pharmacist and a world traveler and loves yoga and loves vegan cooking and all of these things come together. And so I just started teaching more diverse things. I started teaching, I I, I got my yoga teacher certificate so I could start teaching that. I got... I got more um, skill sets in functional medicine so I could start teaching more about nutrition. And so it's been a journey, but it all stemmed from my own personal injury. When I was in pharmacy school, I tore my ACL and that landed me in the chiropractor's office. I happened to mention to the chiropractor, hey, you know, doc, I haven't slept in a month. She referred me to the acupuncturist and acupuncture like opened my whole world. And I just became that wacky pharmacist who knew (laughs) as much about herbs and about supplements and about essential oils and who like went to the jungles of Africa in search of a shaman, you know, like just, I just went seeking I just went seeking and every step along the way, I've just said, you know what? And I'm going to teach people about all these weird things that I do because health is so individual. And I just think that every person has the power within them to take control of their health and wellness. And unfortunately, it's usually not just through pharmaceuticals. And so it takes doing wacky stuff, you know, you know, that could be your next readily random segment. You could go and try a salt cave and a sweat lodge and all these random. (laughs) I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not. Not Not yet. Larry, set your sights higher. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I, and I've wanted to try it. Honestly, I've wanted to try the isolation booth or the isolation tank. Uh, I've wanted to try a salt cave. I've wanted to try acupuncture. And of the three, my uh, my med manager, the doctor that manages all these stupid meds that I'm on, uh, he's recommended acupuncture as well. But in his office, it's ridiculously expensive. So we did not go that route. I just came home and took some hypodermic needles and just started stabbing. <laughs> no, not really. But, uh, but yeah, it didn't work out very well. But, well, that uh, was the wrong wrong choice of action. Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I made the wrong choice, but, uh, you know, you learn. 
So yeah, man, you know, it's so cool to hear that you do all of that. And not only that you do it and you, you participate in it, but you teach it. So you have such a, an in-depth knowledge of essential oils and everything that goes along with it, the herbs and spices, and you probably know how to make the KFC recipe. I mean, it's just, you can't ask for anything better than that, right? So uh, I think that's just, I think that's just mind blowing. I'm, I'm really, really, really blown away because again, you know, you just don't find someone that has the, the educational background that you have to go along with the quirkiness of that industry of, of essential oils, you know, cause there's a little quirkiness to it without being offensive to anybody. Not offensive at all. I mean, listen, people say crazy things about essential oils, but people say crazy things about medications too. You know, people say crazy things about diet. Yes. People say crazy things about yes, everything. And so, you know, that that was always one of my goals was just like, how do I make this real? And how do I make this down to earth? And how do I make this evidence based? And how do I make this where if I if I am saying something, I want to be sure that I am grounded in fact. And, you know, I think that is appreciated because you know, just like a medication is not going to be the miracle pill that solves right. all of your problems. No diet is, no supplement is, no herb is, no essential oil is. And so when we make outrageous claims, it, it dilutes our, it, it dilutes our legitimacy. Sure. You know what I mean? So that's so yeah. cool. So, so cool. yeah, we, we want to bring it down so to earth. Cool. And, you, and know? you are definitely the person to do that. Because you, you don't have this Thanks. aloofness to you for someone with your education and your experience, uh, your well-traveled education there as well. Did you find that shaman in Africa, by the way? I did. I did. It was crazy. So I was on faculty at the University of Zambia oh for a while. And... <laughs> And yeah, I know. So I told you that my life was random no, when not, I came to pitch this podcast. I told you. <laughs> so I was on faculty at the University of Zambia, and I told them that I. So in Zambia, there are more registered shamans than there are registered pharmacists. <laughs> so I was there to help train the continent of Africa's first ever clinical pharmacists. So these pharmacists that I was telling you, like, go and see patients and talk to them and actually try to improve their medication regimens. Yeah. I went to Africa to help train the first ever group of those students. Wow. And so because there are more shamans than there are pharmacists, I said, you know, I really want to meet somebody in the National Shamanic Association. So they take me to the vice president's house and we're driving through the bush that's like up to the windows of the van. We're driving to where like the 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 wheels of the van are like a foot and a half deep in water. Wow. And we get all the way out there and they say, oh, this is the road that leads from this village to that village. And I was like, this is a road that leads <laughs> from one village to another? Like what? So we get out there middle of nowhere. And they have this amazing, so one of the main staple crops in this part of Africa is peanuts. And so being from Alabama, the peanut capital of the South, I was just amazed that there were all of these peanuts and all these crops that I like recognized from my childhood. 
So I get in and the the children are very, very skeptical of me. And the husband is talking to me and he's giving me this very like, I am the vice president of the Zambian Shamanic Association. And I finally get down to it and I'm like, no, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm here for like the reading. I'm not here because I want this in an academic sense. I'm here because I want to know what shamanic medical practice is in Zambia. And they all start speaking in Yanja. And so, of course, I have absolutely no idea what's being said. And they are talking about me coming in to see the shaman. And the shaman tells me, they, they all come back and they're speaking English again. And he looks at me and he says, well, you can't see me. You have to see my wife. She's way more powerful than I am. But because I'm the man, I'm in charge of this organization. And I said, fine, I'll see your wife, whoever, whatever you guys want to do. And she says, I am told later, she hears me say yes and understands, I guess, you know, yes, then my body language. And she speaks in Inyanja. And what I understand later that she says is, I will do it, but the spirits will be very confused or very surprised. She says they'll be very surprised. So it turns out I was the first white person her baby had ever seen. And I was the first white person who'd ever held this baby, which is a really dramatic thing when you're from the United States and you're used to being, you know, the, the dominant race. And so that was pretty cool. I was one of the only white people that her children had ever seen. And I was the first person that she had taken into surgery, which is what they call it. When you go in to meet with a shaman, you go into surgery And so I was the first person that she took in that was white to meet the spirits. And it was an amazing experience. It was an honor to be in that position. And, you know, they, I asked them later, why did you do this for me? Like, why me? You know, you, you could have had any number of people show up and say, yes, I want to do this. And he said, he said to me, because it was clear you weren't doing this for sport. This was not a game. And which I thought was also very, such a blessing and such high praise. And what was really cool is shamans in Zambia can prescribe medications just as if they were pharmacists. So I walk out of my shaman appointment with like my bag of tree bark (laughs) and my bag of herb and some antibiotics (laughs) is what she gave me. So it all came full circle for me on that trip. So awesome, man. That is amazing. That is such a great story. That is a great story. Wow. Well, man, you know, I don't think we can top that story on this particular episode of the podcast. So let's start rounding this thing out and tell folks where can they find out more about you? Where can they listen to your podcast and uh, any kind of contact information to make it easier to get in touch with you for maybe some of your shamanistic uh, yogi services? You can find all of my shamanistic and yogi services over at lindsayelmore.com. You can listen to the Lindsay Elmore show on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are interested in 
yoga, in retreats, in booking me one-on-one, on business consultation, just head over to lindsayelmore.com and you can find direct links to me. And I hope you'll follow me on social media at Lindsay Elmore. You bet. You betcha. I, def- I know I will. I know I will. Hey, I mean, you, thanks. You, you are awesome. And I, I can't <laughs> wait to share this episode with everybody. So thank you so much, Lindsay. I really, really appreciate it. It was an absolute blast and honor to have you here on the show. Hey, love talking to you, and I will see you at the next pod match. Most definitely. August 21st. Don't miss it. See you there. All right, everybody. Hey, that was Lindsay Elmore. She gave us an excellent episode of the podcast, and hopefully you learned a little bit of something. I know I did if you made it past all the drudgery of me talking about me, but I appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you once again for listening to the Readily Random Podcast, and we'll do it again next week. See ya. You could be larger than life